Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Did the church invent cancel culture? You may have an opinion about that by the end of today's National Crawford Roundtable. Here's another question. Did Jesus separate himself from people who sin or move toward them? If a guy like Alistair Begg, who's a solid, well-known, much-loved, faithful, respected Bible teacher, offers some heartfelt advice to a grandma who's wrestling with how best to show her grandson, who's gay, the advice that, uh, you know, as to whether or not she should attend his wedding, and we don't like the advice he gives, do we cancel him? Do we know why he told her to go to her grandson's wedding? Would he advise that in every circumstance? What is the biblical response? And if we believe that he's wrong, do we shun him, cancel him, gently restore him, Matthew 18 him? Well, the question at hand is a deep one, and it's a difficult one. Is it a matter of theological heresy or personal conviction? Do we stop listening to Alistair's preaching, burn his books, blow him up on social media like so many brothers and sisters in Christ have already done? What's the biblical response? Well, we're going to talk about that. And by the way, is Alistair Begg missing something that God wants him to see, or are we missing something God wants us to see, or both? Well, in my mind, today's National Crawford Roundtable podcast is not about homosexuality or transgenderism or even gay marriage, although we'll more than likely mention all three. It's about how we're going to go about loving someone who's gay and who's intent on marrying a transgender. Beyond that, it's about how we choose to demonstrate that love to those who may have different ideas than us about how to best love someone who's gay. So by the end of our conversation, my prayer literally is that God would show us how to better express his love to all people, including faithful pastors who give advice that some, but not all, disagree with. So Lord, we just come before you in Jesus' name and ask for your help in a very difficult conversation, kind of a minefield type issue. And Lord, more than anything, uh, we don't want to blow each other up we want to be blown up with the truth of your word and with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So come and minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable. My name is Neil, and I'm the host of Neil Boron Live on WDCX Radio in Buffalo, New York. I'm joined here by John Rush, the esteemed host of Rush to Reason on uh, in Denver, Colorado. And Bob, why did I ever become a Lions fan in the first place? Duco of the Bob Duco show in Detroit, Michigan. Michigan. By the way, guys, uh, Roger Marsh will not be with us this week. He probably didn't want to gloat about the 49ers victory over the Lions. But Bob, uh, talk go. to me. What is going on, Bob? What happened? Oh, yeah, first should have taken was the so... points, Bob. Should have taken the I, points. You know what? I look. Here's the thing. Okay. Dan Campbell, I know this is a little inside baseball, okay, but Dan Campbell is being hammered for being so aggressive to say, no, I'm not taking the points. We're going for we're going for it on fourth down. We're going for the seven. We're going to But that kind of aggressive play calling on his part is also what got the Lions here. And it. so it's just in the same way that you can't say Trump stopped being Trump. Dan Campbell can't stop being Dan Campbell. Okay, that's what got us here. But, you know, if he had, if it had paid off, 
if he had picked up those fourth downs, then you know something, he'd be a hero and what a what a statistician, <laughs> or, you know, what a what a strategist or whatever. So it, it just it didn't happen. Plus, the Lions kind of imploded really in the third quarter especially but the third and fourth quarter some key dropped passes and it was just it was just really unfortunate uh, but it happened it went the way that it did and i'm just thankful that roger's not here right now uh, with us this week so but we we did make a bet with each other didn't we that i Ro- heard it we heard it yeah, are you making good on this? Are you wearing the hat? Is the question? Well, yeah. Let's, all right, I'll tell you what. Let me let, let me see here. Tell me. Uh, tell me. Let's see. Uh, how does this look, guys? What do you think of this? Get out of town. <laughs> Roger would not put up with this. <laughs> Roger's exactly. gonna, here. I, I figure. Hey, Roger's not here. I can get. No. All right. No. I got to. He pulls out on. the lion's hat. How disrespectful. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Right, let so me switch. Oh, this is painful. Okay. There we go. All right, Roger. <laughs> Honoring you. You look, you look good uh, in red and gold. Oh, I don't love hear it. it. I don't want to hear it. All right, Are you going to so. cheer for the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Just curious. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? I think I'll become a Mahomes fan. No, I got to have my Taylor uh, fix. Okay, because oh, I can't get enough. <laughs> by the way, Please. I have to tell so there's you. There's a whole conspiracy theory around that one we could have covered oh, today, too. You know, and by the way, I do have to say that. I'm not one extreme or the other. You got people on one extreme that are saying that are getting so angry because of critics of the whole Taylor Swift thing. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. But then the other extreme is like, oh, every time Kelsey does something, okay, well, where's the Taylor cam? Because I need to see her response. So there's, I'm like, okay, who cares? <laughs> who stinking cares about Taylor Swift's response? But at the same time, I'm not going to be so angry that I'm done with the NFL yeah, until my, they my, stop this Taylor Swift nonsense. My son had a good opinion of that, which I hadn't thought of prior to all of this, truthfully, because I'm not a fan you know, of her, Kelsey. Actually, we're Denver rights. We, we're, we're Denver Bronco fans. Right. We can't stand the Chiefs, so that's a whole other you know, conversation. Well, but, you guys obviously can't stand the playoffs either. But you know, uh, No, pretty, pretty much. Well, that, that may change <laughs> in the near future, so just hang tight. Um, at any rate, he brought up a great point along those lines, which I'd never thought of, which is – you know, the NFL's been very smart in capitalizing on all of the Taylor Swift and all of the Swifties that follow her around. Think about all of the people that even young girls that may not be watching football ever in their life, but now, you know, unless their boyfriends or husbands do, but now maybe you get them, you know, into football, if you would, and maybe even playing flag football, doing things along those lines. I mean, in a way, they're capitalizing on something to their benefit in the end that, you know, like it or not, she's good for football, I guess is the way to say that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. I mean, if she is and if she's opening up a whole new window there, then why not? You know, why do I get – I just know that I don't what, – What if Kelsey makes a catch, I'm not sitting there anticipating, waiting for the Taylor cam to show me her reaction. I just – I don't care. <laughs> right. But at yeah. the same time – But a lot of others do. Care. Yeah, I don't care if other people do care. I guess right. I'm just completely ambivalent to it. So right. it's like, whatever, I suppose. Um, but anyway, I, I do want right. to... Well, hey, before I do we wanna... get started, Bob, yeah, tell yes. us about Preborn. Okay, all right. But real, I got to say one thing real quick about this, and we'll, we'll get right into Preborn, and then we'll get into Alistair Begg. Uh, you have no idea how hard it was for me in Detroit to find a 49ers cap. What I want... Roger, uh-huh. okay, Roger, when you're watching this, you need to appreciate this, pal. Uh, I had to go... I had to call like seven or eight stores, sports stores, and some people were getting angry at me. A couple of them, when I called, I was like, yeah, hey, I'm looking for a 49ers cap. Do you sell any? And the clerk goes, why? 
why would you want a 49er? And I'm like, uh, okay. And another one's like, hey, you do know you're in Detroit, right? You know, nice troll. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm serious. I lost Making a bet a with bet. a friend. <laughs> I, I, I lost a bet with a friend. I, honest, I, you know. So, uh, but I did finally find one. It was brutal. That's good. Uh, so, listen, we, we do want you folks to know that our podcast is sponsored. And one of those sponsors, certainly you hear Dennis Wilson, also Preborn. And when we look at the unborn and fighting for the unborn, saving babies' lives, you might feel like, hey, is there really anything I can do to stop abortions? Yes, there just one person. Yes, just one person. You know what you can do? Pay for ultrasound images for those moms to see a picture of their baby in a pro-life center. Because when a mom sees a picture of her baby, she chooses life almost all the time. And by the way, she usually ends up accepting the Lord too. So it does take money, though. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody right now in the audience, if you haven't given already, will you today make the decision to give a one-time gift to preborn? And what amount do you give? Well, you pray about it. $28 stops one abortion. So take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, and that's your one-time gift to preborn. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds to nothing for overhead. So you can give two ways, online or on the phone. If you give online, just go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net click on preborn. You can give right there, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Or they answer the phones 24-7. So you can call right now, talk to a real-life person, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention uh, Crawford Roundtable when you call, and uh, we appreciate you folks giving. Neil? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Bob. And in a couple of minutes, we're going to hear about another one of our sponsors, Wilson Financial. But Bob, let me ask you first at the outset, and then let me set the stage for just a second. I know I already said a few things at the beginning. For those who don't know, Alistair Begg is a, a Bible teacher. He also pastors a church in Cleveland, Ohio. He's faithfully taught God's Word for 40 years. On a podcast somewhere around September, uh, he was talking about, the context was that he was talking about how to love people in difficult situations like what does the all-consuming love of god look like when it plays out in real life and there are some hard issues that we deal with how do we express love to somebody who's our enemy uh at work or you know to a neighbor that seems to hate us like how do you do that uh maybe it's a, a rebel child a prodigal child how do you continue to show love when you're disagreeing with the behavior so he gave an example in that podcast back in september uh, where he had had a conversation with a grandma who has a grandson who was going to marry someone who was transgender uh, in a wedding ceremony. Now, this is a grandma who knows and loves the Lord. He questioned her. He said, you know, does your grandson know where you stand on this? You know, does he know that you believe in the Bible and so forth? Um, does he know how you feel about this? Does he know what the Word of God says? She said yes to all of the above. He said, then I say go to the wedding, and if so, buy, her, uh, buy a gift. Well, uh, that slid by for several months till somebody resurrected that comment, put it on social media, and it just blew up. And uh, blew up to the point where the American Family Radio Station uh, Networks, uh, which is part of the American Family Association, I think they have 180 stations at least. I mean, it's a big network. They canceled Alistair Begg uh, as a result. And of course, then it blew up on social media. People started saying things about this. And we're going to talk about it today, and not so much the issue of homosexuality, because I said that earlier. We don't really want to talk about what the Bible says about that. Are homosexual is homosexual sex and same-sex unions forbidden by Scripture? We believe so. We've talked about that on the air. Alistair Begg affirms that, by the way, and for 40-plus years, he's been uncompromisingly teaching the truth of God's Word. Um, 
So what we're really going to talk about here is how to demonstrate God's love to a grandchild or someone else who may be may or may not be struggling. They might be all in or they may be struggling with their decisions, but how to show love to them. And then more importantly, if we disagree with the advice that Alistair Begg gave or anyone else gives in a situation like this, how do we show love to them in the process? So we're going to kind of talk about all that, but just in general, Bob, I know that you're aware of the situation. I think all of us have probably mentioned it on our programs, had some conversation about it. Um, these things get ugly and in the body of Christ and there's other people watching and I, I don't know that all of us are going to agree with what Alistair said or disagree. I don't know. It's open season, but I just want to get some feedback from you, Bob, and then we'll find out what John has to say about it all. Sure. Well, first, let me just say, I I don't agree with Alistair Begg's counsel and opinion on this, but I also don't agree with those that are going on an Alistair Begg's slash and burn campaign and saying, that's it, he's damaged goods, so I'm going to burn his books, I'll never listen to him again. I don't think that that's fair either, okay? Uh, th there is a nuanced reality here, too, when, when you have a family member and you don't want to destroy the relationship with that family member. Now, I, I, I've thought about this before. If one of my own sons, if one of my boys was gay and he, quote-unquote, married some other guy, would I attend the wedding? As difficult as this is to say, I would not. But I wouldn't just do it in an angry way. I would talk with him, obviously, as a father and son first. And I would say, look, you, you have to know, you and I love each other. We respect each other. And I'm never going to stop loving you. That's not going to change. But you have to know that as a Christian, I do believe I would be dishonoring God and dis disrespecting his word to be part of a ceremony that is a God-created ceremony that's an affront to, to what he created. So for that reason, I would hope that you would respect my decision not to be there and not have a strained relationship with me. And if anything else, I would hope that you would say, Dad, I graciously give you the freedom not to show up because I understand. So can you know that this has no bearing on my love for you? But I still have to call sin sin, and I think it would be wrong for me to. So I would have that conversation I don't think it would be right to show up. I would personally rather Alistair Begg have said, hey, that's the kind of conversation to have with your grandson, but uh, but not to say, sure, go ahead and go because it's a close family member and buy a gift at the same time. I I don't agree with that, but I think we need to have the freedom to, to disagree with certain people's decisions. Hey, guys, all three of us have had things that we disagree with each other on, okay? Neil, you and I have gone round and round like Ren and Stimpy before on some <laughs> issues, you know? Yeah. But right. we're brothers in Christ, okay? We love each other as brothers in Christ. That doesn't change. Our friendship doesn't change, and our friendship is strong enough for that. And I believe that what Alistair Begg has contributed to the body of Christ in so many different ways should not all be thrown in the garbage bin because of the occasional uh, decision we may disagree with. And I do disagree with his decision. Okay. Interesting. Great response. Just and, and by the way, can I? Can I? I'm sorry, Neil. Just one more thing. I have to make sure and stress that doesn't apply card blanche. If he suddenly came out and said, "Oh, by the way, now my decision is I no longer consider gay marriage wrong, and I think homosexuality is not a sin anymore," and he became a gay affirming pastor. There does come a level where we say, okay, now we need to seriously call a brother to repentance, and that's not acceptable. Right. So apostasy okay. beliefs, yes, cultural decisions with a family we may disagree with. Let's be a little bit more graceful. We'll get to John in just a second. Appreciate all that you shared there, and <clears throat> you've opened a couple of cans of worms we'll probably never have time to get into. But what you're saying is, is good. 
something else. You mentioned the word nuance. None of us were a part of the conversation Alistair had with that grandma. We don't know how extensive it was. We don't know what all you know went into the details. And I think nuances matter. Like you said, if if he turns around and says, you know what, I changed my mind. I think homosexuality is fine. Which, by the way, he's never said in 40 right. years of faithful right. Bible teaching. Let's be clear on that. Um, well, that would that would change everything in my book, at least at, as far as how I'm looking at that thing. So that, you know, that could be considered a nuance. But let me just ask you a question. I'll get to John in just a second. Just throwing it out there. Let's just say you have a son. Uh, who's getting married, and your son has professed faith in Christ, but the person he's marrying is an avowed atheist, doesn't doesn't love the Lord. The Bible says, you know, don't be unequally yoked. Would you do the same thing in that situation? And I think that's a very, very fair question. And uh, the, the short answer is, Neil, I honestly, genuinely don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay, it, it you is, know, you know what? Hang on, is, hang on, Bob. We just you cut out for a second. I want to hear. Okay. The, we got to hear I, the it, short answer. Go it ahead. is. Uh, it is. The truth is, I don't know. There is a good chance that I might attend that wedding, even though I understand that it's still there's an unequally yoked issue there at play, and it would not be right for my son to marry an atheist woman. But it to me that doesn't go as far as uh, undoing the fabric of marriage itself. God did create marriage as a covenant between man and woman to become one. And so a man marrying a man is a perversion of, uh, of the core substance of what God created. And to me, that's a, a much larger offense than marrying someone that you're unequally yoked to, whether it's an atheist, somebody of a different religion. I would disagree with that, but I don't think because it doesn't undo the fabric of marriage itself between one one man and one woman, okay. uh, it could it could be sinful. And look, if he's marrying a woman who th- they happen to engage in porn with each other as boyfriend girlfriend and then husband and wife, and I would disagree with that too. But at least it's a man marrying a woman, and that softens the blow a little bit. It actually is here as wrong. well, though. Say it again, John. It actually is here as well because if it's a chan- if it's a, if it's a transgender woman. Turning into a man, isn't she always a woman? I know. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, you know, and that, that is a very fair point, too, because if you do have a man who thinks he's a woman and he thinks he's getting into a lesbian marriage with another woman, you do have a man marrying a woman. Right. And so does that soften the blow a little bit and go, well, okay. I mean, no doubt. The whole thing is it's just tough. We always choose and tough the- and so on. No, you, you guys, and, and Bob, I appreciate everything you said, although yeah. I, will take, I would take the opposite approach and I would go. Okay, uh, John, I want to hear your take on it. We also need to hear about Wilson Financial, one of our faithful sponsors. So in whatever order you want, uh, no, I'll, no, let's sure do, we Let's do that. Wilson because, you know, it, it's important that I think people, regardless of all these things we talk about, which, by the way, are very important. Now, sometimes we talk about things like the Super Bowl that maybe aren't super important, but in general we talk about really important things. One of the things, though, that we probably even should just do an entire podcast on at some point is – you know, just what, you know, when it comes to finances and what people spend money on and how they allocate things and are they wise and good stewards with the money that God's given them. You know, I have always felt like every dime I have is not mine. I'm the steward. I'm the pass-through of that money is all I am. It's all God's. He owns it all. I'm just here to broker it, if you would, at the end of the day. So, 
you get somebody like Wilson on your team and he's going to help you with that brokering aspect and the financial aspect of things and what are you doing when it comes to the future. And scripture is very clear that we need to leave a legacy, including money, to those that we leave behind. And I don't think a lot of Christians really understand what I just said, but it's very clear to actually leave things behind to those that you love. In other words, we need to leave a legacy, including the financial aspect of it. You can't do that if you're stone cold broke. Wilson Financial helps you not be that way, and we've heard Roger talk through the through really the last year plus about how he does that, how he goes about doing it, but he can help you guys individually. I encourage you, Wilson Financial, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on that particular link to Wilson Financial. Okay, and before you get into this, let me mention, uh, it came up earlier, you might have been confused when Bob was showing us <laughs> that... Uh, he was wearing the lion's hat when he should have been wearing the 49ers hat. He tried to get away with it. We wouldn't let him. But you can actually watch this conversation, not just listen to it, but watch it by going to myhopenow.com and click on National Crawford Roundtable. And one other thing, speaking of watching, let's remember that when we have conversations like this and when we discuss these things, even in Christian circles, you know, we go over somebody's house after church and we're talking about this Alistair Begg thing. There are children watching. There are new believers watching. There are non-believers watching. So today's conversation isn't totally about, or even primarily about, what Alistair Begg has done. It's how we respond to these things. And John, I wanted to get your thoughts. I'll get out of the way, let you talk about this. It's a controversial and difficult topic. It is. And and, and again, my, my heart goes out to any family member that has to make these decisions. I personally have not had to make any decisions, given that all my kids are grown and married and so on. I don't feel like I will be making this decision, fortunately. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, given the circumstances, and again, to your point, Neil, I don't have the whole conversation. I don't know exactly what was said. I don't know what this grandmother said. And, and I, if, if it's like the majority of grandmothers out there, I am sure this young man knew exactly how his grandmother felt about everything prior to her even saying anything, because that's just how grandmothers and grandfathers are. We have that ability to, uh, at least for sure, let our grandkids and our kids, of course, know where we stand on things. But I think in this particular case, yeah, personally, uh, I would go, especially as a grandparent, I definitely would go. And Bob, maybe that's, you know, maybe there's some differences between being a parent versus a grandparent. I don't know. Those are things that, again, we can continue to discuss. But personally, I would, you know, I would side with Alistair in this particular case, not that I'm an expert by any means in this, but I would attend mainly just to say, listen, I'm always going to be here for you no matter what. That's the love of Christ. I want to make sure that I'm always here to stand by you. And yes, even though you're making the wrong choice, which our kids do constantly, by the way, I'm still going to be by you, even though you're making the wrong choice, because guess what? God the Father stands by me when I make bad choices. Well, you know what, Neil? I say we just uh, vote. John off the island. We need to cancel. <laughs> okay, That's it. Uh, you're done. Yeah, John. Look, you know what, man? I get where you're coming from. I do, and I guess for me, it comes down to: uh, is there a line that would be too far? What, what if? What if you had? A, what if your son wanted to be a Satanist and they wanted to have a Satan ceremony? Yeah, that, with yeah, that a one for me is, that I mean, one's Where do you draw the line? No, that one for me, because of the whole nature of everything going on, you, you know, frankly, don't even think that's a love type relationship, even when you get into that. And that, again, that's a, probably a podcast in and of itself. But yeah, no, that one would, 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 you know, I would draw the line on. But like Neil said a moment ago, I mean, I guess you could also start really splitting hairs and like, okay, what if either your daughter that's getting married or your son that's marrying uh, his fiance, what if she's pregnant before the marriage, which again, none of us agree with, but you know, we can start cutting 
you know, we can start cutting uh, hair, splitting hairs, I should say, on all sorts of things. You know, where do you draw the line, I guess? I know. Well, and and, and that's, that's a challenge, figuring out what issues cross that line. Because, okay, the, the Baphomet thing with uh, Satanism, you know, okay, fine. But what if it was some kind of a new age kind of a spiritualist kind of thing where you had a witch who was performing a ceremony with cat's eyes and whatever? I mean, there comes a point where it's like, okay, well, no, I'm not going to be part of that ceremony. So there are things that cross the line. And I guess for me, the God-ordained creation of marriage being perverted in this way, it seems like that's much more of a direct slap in the face to God to take something that he established, he created, and watch it be perverted in that way. And I guess for me, that's why it rises to that level. All right. And ridiculous question here, but you know, we live in a strange world. Let, let's just say that this grandma has had such a tight relationship with her grandson over the years that he knows full well how she feels. And he's agonized over this because he's prayed, God, I don't want to be gay. I don't want to have these feelings for other people. You know, uh, I uh, help me. And, and he knows it is and trusts the love of his grandmother, even though he knows she disagrees with him and says, grandma, I want you to come to the wedding and I'm going to give you an opportunity to stand and explain why you're not in favor of what's going on, but why you chose to come. I'm going to give you a chance to share what the Bible says about this. The good, the bad, and the ugly. There's going to be some people here who will hate you for what you say, but you can come and share from God's word. Would that change the scenario? Like, I, There are nuances here that I think really matter. And if, if we just carte blanche say, oh, well, I think I heard Alice Chebeg said he gave advice. Everybody should go to gay weddings. That's not what he said. And by the way, the context of what he said was in the middle of a series he was doing on how to show love to people with whom we disagree or with with whom with whose behavior we disagree. How do you do that in real life? And you know, when the when when at work they're celebrating January birthdays and there's a transgender person who works at your company and your birthday's also in January, so is theirs and they're gonna celebrate birthdays, do you quit the company? You know, what do you do? So Bob, I'll let you uh, share your thought about that. I know we're going to need to wrap up the first half of the con right. uh, conversation here, but um, and thank it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean Neil, and you bring up some very fair points because the fact is that that uh, there are there is a wide spectrum of hypothetical scenarios that can be created where it's like, okay, this doesn't cross the line. This gets close to the line. Okay, this one just barely crossed over that line. And where is that line supposed to be drawn? Truth is, I don't know. The Holy Spirit knows, and that's one of the reasons why we need to be in constant prayer and seeking wisdom and guidance from the Holy Spirit and not just going on our own understanding in cases like this. Uh, we're kind of sharing where each one of us feel that that line should be drawn. And I don't know that I'm right. You know, I might be drawing the line too liberally, and I might be drawing it too harshly. I really don't know. I want the Holy Spirit to guide me in this, and I'm just thankful I haven't had to deal with this with any of my sons. Uh, there is, There are some things, though, that I think as believers we can say, this is a clear line. Murdering unborn babies is no different than murdering babies after they're born, at least in the eyes of God. We see this scripturally. Uh, God knew you from the moment you were conceived, we see in scripture. So I do believe as Christians, we got a responsibility to do everything we can to try to save babies' lives. And you can do this through preborn. Give to preborn because what you're doing is you're paying for ultrasound images for preborn to show to expectant moms in pro-life centers. And you know those moms choose life almost all the time. They don't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. They let their baby live. And by the way, they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. Pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. 
And whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift to Preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So there's two ways you can give. Online, just go to crawfordmediagroup.net and click on Preborn. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. Or if you want to talk to a real-life person, they answer the phones 24-7. You can call 3 o'clock in the morning, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Give right there. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And we appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you. We've got a lot more to talk about in the second half of the conversation. You know, what are the nuances of our own behavior? What is a God trying to show us? in how we reach out to those with whom perhaps we disagree. And I'm not talking about members of the homosexual community. I'm talking about people who make choices that we disagree with within the body of Christ and how they're relating to the homosexual community. We'll be back to talk about that as we continue here. Don't forget, you can watch us at myhopenow.com. Why you'd want to, I'm not exactly sure, but you can check out the video version of our podcast at myhopenow.com. We'll be back with more of the National Crawford Roundtable in just a moment. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. All right, so disputable matters. I think I think God gave us disputable matters to be the monkey wrench to throw into all of our black and white conversations that we think are all black and white. There's just a yes, there's a no, there's a good, there's an evil. Do nuances matter? You know, and, and so when you look at this monkey wrench I'm describing, how does God want to use that to help mold and shape our own understanding of who he is and how we live out our salvation with fear and trembling? Um, there's a lot of ways we can go. I've got a hundred different thoughts in my head. John, let me start with you this time. I'll just throw it to you. You and I grew up in pretty fundamentalistic legalism. Yep. yep. We've got some pretty strong, not yeah, only which, feelings which, you know, about that. Yeah, yeah, 50 years ago, it would have been an automatic no. Yeah, automatic. Okay. No um, questions asked, Neil. Yes. And, you know, uh, I wasn't allowed to play with the, the Jewish kids that lived on my block. Jesus is a Jew, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> and, and I wasn't allowed to, you know, hang out very much with the Catholic kids, although at least, you know, they were hearing about Jesus in their Catholic schools. Uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. And I don't think that we were really open to the idea that disputable matters even existed. In the church I grew up in, everything was black and white. Rock music was bad. You don't watch Batman, by the way. You know, right. threw Batman under the bus. Movies were um, bad. You movies know. couldn't. You couldn't do anything on Sunday. You certainly couldn't swear. You couldn't smoke. Couldn't drink. Right. So um, I think that our understanding of the fact that there are some things that are disputable, especially based on Romans 14, when you look at that passage. Um, and God's saying, let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. It doesn't mean, you know, can you go out and murder someone? No, God's spoken clearly on that issue. But, you know, is it okay to listen to um, Christian polka music? I actually have a CD. Somebody gave me one time because my dad was Polish. That's just evil. You know, yeah, Christian polka music. <laughs> Bottom line. I, I don't mean to make light of this. Alistair Begg has really come under some heat. There's people blowing him up on social media as if he's the devil. Why? Because he had a, a personal conversation with a grandma, and and it was about whether or not she should attend her gay grandson's wedding. This is obviously somebody she's talked to before. She shared her opinion. This boy knows where she's coming from. There were some nuances we probably don't have any access to. But how do we relate to this whole thing? Where do we even begin? And I don't know, John, let me just ask you about disputable matters because, you know, family split, churches split yep. at times over yep. things that people say are black and white that may not be 100% black or white. No, and Neil, you bring up a great point, and I think we have to be careful to 
I mean, yes, there are some things that are black and white. You, you, you just mentioned a few of those things. You know, thou shalt not kill. I mean, we've got several different things that are undisputable. You know, uh, whether it be you know covetousness and so on. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that really are are undisputed. Now, when it comes to some of the, I guess you could call it more gray areas in. And I am with Bob on this one. I think some of these have to be personal decisions. And I think what bothers me the most about the people attacking Alistair Begg, it's almost like they're putting themselves above him mm-hmm. and making this decision, criticizing the decision and advice that he's given. And Neil, you've, you've, and I've listened to him, you know, many different times over the years, and you've spoken highly of him, and I will as well. By the way, unless something changes, which to my knowledge hasn't, yeah, I, I think he's a solid, good uh, uh, Bible teaching individual. I mean, I think he's given good advice over the years. He's a solid individual. Love listening to him, by the way. I have no issues with him whatsoever. And I will tell you this, I also don't want to judge him for the advice that he's given because I wasn't there. I wasn't in the conversation. I wasn't being led by the Holy Spirit at that time to say things, but I guarantee you Alistair was. Yeah, and let me ask this as a follow-up. Doesn't our demonstration of grace towards Alistair None of us, by the way, even in asking the question, somebody's going, well, you're condoning homosexuality. I'm not even talking Never said about that. homosexuality. And, we, and I, I talk about that on my program all the time. Absolutely not. We are not condoning that. I'm talking about Alistair wrestling with this decision and giving godly pastoral advice that he feels was godly and pastoral. Many of you listening would disagree with what Alistair said. Some of you would agree with what Alistair said. But the point is, now what do we do about Alistair? And... And I really think, John, that our witness to the world matters in how we conduct ourselves on these things. He's been 40 years a faithful Bible teacher, and nowhere in this conversation did he ever say homosexual sex was okay or that gay marriage was okay. He said none of that. Um, so do we just cancel him? Do we, you know, literally, I think Bob mentioned it, burn his books? Like, um, what should our response be if we have a difference? Shouldn't it be praying for Alistair, praying that we would better understand why he would make that decision, asking God to enlighten us. And I think Bob even mentioned before the break, you know, the concept, whether you said the word of humility, John, doesn't humility and grace that we so desperately need play into these things? Because I'm, I'm consumed with the idea that a lost and dying world is watching us. And by the way, that was the context yeah, in this case, of why in he this, even used the example in the yeah, first place. In this place. case, Neil, they're watching us eat our own. I mean, how, how good of a witness is that, by the way? Exactly right. Exactly right. Which is Which, why, by the way, is part of the problem we have in general at times is we, we as even conservatives, tend to do that far too often. Yeah, I... Uh, and, and, and really quick, let me say this. We do that when I don't know that it's justified. There are times where calling somebody out is very justified, and, and I've done it myself when it comes to even some things politically speaking. In fact, I get criticized, by the way, from some of the listeners to this program that I do too much of that. But yeah, I'm going to call out things that need called out. But in this particular case, Neil, given that no one was there in that conversation, I don't know that anybody's got a right to call him out on anything. Yeah, I, I'm, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, some of the conversations we've had about Halloween over the years. And I literally, as a pastor, was helping, you know, our staff and others put on a harvest party on October 31st. It was an alternative to Halloween celebration. Nobody was supposed to come dressed as a witch or anything. It was a uh, an alternative harvest party on October 31st. And a member of our church came in and literally pointed the finger in my face and said, you're celebrating Satan by mm-hmm. doing this. 
what are you talking about? And none of us in our hearts wanted to do anything but show love to the children who came, and especially children from the neighborhood who weren't a part of what was going on there. I think we, we, we make these huge leaps uh, to to distance ourselves immediately as if God's going to pat us on the back and say that we're doing a wonderful job as Christians and we get brownie points in the kingdom by harshly treating somebody like Alistair Begg who may not be doing anything wrong in the first place. Uh, Bob, let me throw it to you. Let me, let me get your opinion on all this. Nuances, disputable matters, uh, help us out. Sure. Well, I mean, obviously as believers, we don't want to align ourselves with evil, and I'll give you a perfect example, okay? Okay, see this uh, blue hat right here? Good, this hat I'm wearing, evil, right? So you see, you evil, see the yeah, difference evil. between the two, okay? Uh, and by the way, I should just say, I know for maybe some of you that are just joining us, I know we're talking about a very, very serious issue, and you might be like, okay, well, hey, you guys are done with the lighthearted uh, Super Bowl bet between you and Roger, and, but the bet actually was the loser has to wear the opponent's hat through the whole podcast. And that's the only reason that I'm uh, keeping it on through the whole podcast. But no, I mean, there is there is nuance to this. And this, I guess, Neil, this goes back to, to what I said before, that there are so many different hypothetical scenarios that can be created here. It's, it's not just the wedding itself. What do you do if you have a son and we'll say he's in a gay marriage or something like that? Do you go to the housewarming party do you go to uh, you know where do you do, do you have your son come over to your house for thanksgiving dinner <clears throat> knowing full well that your younger kids and your grandkids are going to be seeing homosexuality on display in public displays of affection even or whatever i mean th th there are some really really tough issues to deal with here i i, I think what we recognize is that we make sure that we do not go soft on the authority of Scripture and calling sin, sin. Homosexuality is a sin, uh, transgenderism, all that, okay? So now we have to figure out what areas, while we're living in this fallen world, what areas do we uh, compromise a little bit acceptably but not going too far? And I just, I got to stick with what I said before. I'm not really sure where that exact perfect line is drawn. For me, attending a marriage crosses that line because marriage is ordained by God and created by God, a special creation by God. Uh, that's a tree trunk. Some of the other issues uh, tend to be branches of that tree, if you will. Yeah. But I wouldn't attend a, a pagan wedding if, with one of my sons if there was a pagan Wiccan priest who was who was doing that, or or ordination ceremony of of one of my kids or grandkids being ordained into Wiccan pagan ministry? I, I wouldn't attend that either. So I, it, it yeah. just there's a nuanced nature there's, to there's this. So and we worship on Sunday, and, named after the sun god. You know, pagan I, you know and, and that, that is a very okay. fair point too, Neil. Because wait, wait, we, be, the wait, days wait, of the be, week, even before before you talk about that, because I want to hear that. We want to hear it. But you know, an example that you're describing here of where do we draw the line? We we are clearly against taking innocent children's lives through abortion. Absolutely. And yeah, and so that would say we're against that. 
But what are we for? We're for providing quality information to women who are wrestling with a question, should I abort my unborn child? And so we want to be a part of demonstrating love to that person who's wrestling with those. And that's an example of literally of why we support preborn. It it is so true because we get painted and characterized sometimes as people who are just angry and saying, we oppose abortion. We oppose this, but we don't care about the women. That's actually not true. The pro-life pregnancy centers exist all over the country, caring for these women, loving them, praying for them, caring for their daily needs, helping them with their baby and their expenses and blankets and food. And this is tremendous stuff. So it's just not true that they're not getting cared for and loved after the fact. Uh, But that doesn't mean that we don't still try to convince that woman to let her baby live. And that's what preborn does by showing ultrasound images in pro-life centers all across the country. And that mom will choose life almost all the time when she sees that ultrasound image. So we're asking everybody in the audience watching and listening to us right now, will you pay for as many ultrasound images as you can? $28 is going to save one baby's life. So take $28 times fill in the blank. And that'll be your forever legacy. You'll always, for the rest of your life, you'll be able to say, hey, in 2024, our family was responsible for stopping X number of abortions. So take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift. And every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead, all right? So you can give right now online, go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or if you want to talk to a real life person on the phone, they answer the phones 24 7. So you can call anytime right now, 833 850 BABY, 833 850 BABY, and just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And, you know, Neil, to, to the point that you were talking about before, the, the challenges here, I, I really think that we have to take them in a case by case basis, pray about it, seek wisdom from the Holy Spirit. But we do say that there are certain lines that we absolutely cannot cross. And I would certainly say that one of those lines we cannot cross is declaring something not sinful just because society has declared it so. We need to stand on the authority of God's word. Now, how do we walk Amen. in a relationship with people that happen to be walking in sin? That's the challenge of, that's the nuance of trying to figure that out. And that's why I'm sympathetic to Alistair Begg. I really am, even though I disagree with his decision. It's very complicated. And again, let me say, no one here is saying that homosexual sex is okay or that uh, same-sex unions are okay. Alistair Begg didn't say either of those things. Right. Uh, He gave advice about attending a wedding of a grandchild based upon the relationship this woman had with her grandson, which we know nothing about. We didn't hear the nuances of why he chose to say it would be acceptable. And yet he knew for sure that that grandson was well aware of what the Bible says. By the way, he said, bring a gift if you go to the wedding. Maybe she was going to bring a Bible and give it to her grandson. Maybe that was it. I don't know. And maybe that doesn't change anything for you. That's okay. But John, let me throw it back to you and Thank God we're even able to have these conversations because of the support of our sponsors. I, I, I want to say one thing before you talk about Wilson Financial. Um, when I was serving as a pastor, we had a young man come to our church. He had served in, in youth ministry. And somewhere along the line, he and his wife and their family, they had kids, took in a 16-year-old girl. Somewhere in that process, he became involved with the girl. Uh, they had relations. It became public. He was humiliated. He was arrested and had to register as a sex offender, whatever. He was somebody that I knew from a softball league I played in. And one day he showed up at our church and said, listen, uh, me and my family have nowhere to worship. I need help. I need God speaking into my life. 
I'm willing to abide by whatever rules you want. Can we worship here? And I went to the leadership and I said, how do you feel about this? And collectively, we came up with the idea that he can come with his family. His kids are welcome to go to children's ministry. He needs to stay with his wife. He needs to stay with her in the sanctuary, not able to go into the children's wing, not able to be involved in youth ministry, um, but that he could be poured into with you know, the teaching of God's word and people loving on them. He didn't hide this from anyone. It was well known to our congregation. And we chose to love on their family in the midst of their struggle, in the midst of the humiliation of what they were dealing with. Um, now, if he had come and said, look it, I want to come to your church because I want to hit on all the girls in the youth group, totally different matter. And um, so as we talk about, you know, thank God for Wilson Financial, we get an opportunity to kind of dive into these difficult issues and say, with humility, God, show us how we're supposed to react. And Lord, do, does the direction of someone's heart in these matters matter? John, I'll let you take it away from there. No, and by the way, great words of wisdom, Neil. I, I appreciate all of that. And I think a lot of this even can be whittled down into your own personal finances. What do you spend money on? What are you going to invest in? What kind of companies are you going to invest in? Some of this, by the way, has the same sort of implications that the other things that we're talking about. What are you supporting with your dollars? This is where Wilson Financial comes in, and he understands all of these things. And really, it's his goal. And heard Roger talk about him. never met the man, but I've heard Roger talk enough where I feel like I do. I feel like if we sat down and had coffee together, I'd know a lot about him. And, and just because of Roger's influence, I guess you could say. At the end of the day, yes, he wants to help people excel in their finances, do it in the right way, be good stewards of their money. And he's a guy that really is supporting what we're doing because he believes in what we do on a weekly basis. So if you need any help in your finances, give Wilson Financial a call. Find him at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Bob, what about you? Does direction matter? What about the direction of someone's heart when you begin working with them? If they're, if they're coming to flaunt and disregard, you know, flaunt their behavior, whatever it is, and, and disregard the things of God's word, do we take a different approach than if somebody's coming humbly and broken saying, I need help? Mm, absolutely not. Look, I, I knew someone who, and we, I think we've all been in situations like this before. By the way, the scenario that you described with that man in your church, I think you guys handle that absolutely perfectly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Neil, I, I do. I, agree. I, I know that there was a... You know, there was a man that that I knew that uh, at a, at a church and at a men's event, there were a few of us sitting around praying, and we were kind of sharing and openly with each other and some of our struggles. And most of the guys would say something like, "You know, struggling with lust or you know things along those lines." And this guy admitted that he has struggled with homosexuality. You know, I've known him for years. He's married, has kids. Okay, and he's even fallen off the wagon now and then. And there were a couple of guys there that just, they had an, an issue with that, that it really bothered them. And we talked about it and I was like, you know what, this is not right to be making, so we, we can't treat him like damaged goods now. Okay, he's struggling in this area and he's coming to us. And just because sometimes as Christians, we tend to practice what I call selective judgmentalism. And yep. that is that whatever I don't struggle with, you yep. better not either, no, okay? Right. Uh, right. But whatever right. I do struggle with, well, you better walk in Great grace point, and compassion and mercy. And it's like, and so what we do, what happens is people sit out in the parking lot and they go, did you hear that so-and-so smokes and there she is on the worship team, okay? Yeah, well, did you hear so-and-so gossips, okay? And there, <laughs> okay. So, so what we do have a tendency to do stuff like this. And no, I, I may not be able to relate to same-sex attraction, okay? So I can't relate to that, but I can't, 
be that judgmental, selective Pharisee who says, because I don't struggle with that, you're not allowed to either, and so therefore I'm going to look down my condemnational nose toward you. So my attitude was, hey, you know what? This doesn't change anything, okay? We're still friends, and I'm going to pray you through this just like I would pray you through it if it was pornography that you were struggling with. And you're, uh, Christians are allowed to struggle in, in those areas, but you're not allowed to struggle in the area of same-sex attraction. So we got to be willing to show grace. But I will not take it to the point of suddenly going, hey, that's okay, I'll affirm it. That's how God made you then. That's when we're crossing that line. Yeah, it's funny, Bob. You know, We as Christians, because we've seen this over and over again, we have no problem accepting somebody that has been an alcoholic and maybe they're even in right. AA now and they want to get their life straightened or maybe they've been a, a heroin addict or whatever the case Look, may I'm be. Look, I'm wearing a 49ers cap. I mean, yeah, come there, on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, You're talking we, about going to the dark side. I mean, we have no problem bringing those people in, but then you right. mentioned some things that a lot of Christians would have, and you, you witnessed it, would have a real issue with. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, excuse me, who's drawing the line? Mm. I mean, right. that's not our yeah, job, right. by the way, to draw, I don't feel. I, I really appreciate the fact that we're able to have this conversation today simply because it causes us to think. And I think that, honestly, every one of us, I'm going to ask you guys at some point here for your final thoughts, you know, but I think one of the things I would say is we really need to get on our knees and say, Lord, how am I behaving towards others with whom I disagree? Whether it's directly about something that they're doing in their own life or something that they're affirming or not addressing in someone else's life. And none of this has to do with Alistair Begg. He didn't affirm anybody's behavior. He encouraged a woman to love her grandson. And so really, if you've got a problem with it, then you're disagreeing with how Alistair told this woman to love her grandson. That's that's your beef. That's your argument. It has nothing to do with what the grandson was up to. It was how he instructed her to love this young man. And I think that love matters. It, it, it never fails, by the way. And and if we happen to see somebody who has sinned, and I don't think Alistair sinned here, I think we might disagree with his choosing that as an example to give. He, and honestly, in one sense, maybe we should commend him for the example he gave because he chose one of the most electric examples possible. Um, if he had gone safer to protect his donor base, maybe we'd have less of a problem with it. But he boldly and courageously said, listen, we need to love people. And how we love them matters because a lost and dying world is watching. Um, but I just really think that the Lord is, is asking us in every circumstance to be careful as to how we're behaving. And we need to look at our own lives to say, God, is there something that I need to learn? Is there something that I can be taught? John, let me just throw it to you real quick. The, the humility aspect, what does God want to show us? Uh, you know, Feel free to go anywhere with that. And we got to get quickly to Bob. We've only got a no, few I, and, and again, I, again, as I said a moment ago, I mean, I don't think it's ever my job to draw the line in the sand. That's the Holy Spirit's job to draw that line. And, and again, I think, again, maybe it's because of the way I grew up, Neil, and, and sort of in a way reverting away from that by saying, listen, everything isn't black and white, and there are some things that really have to have some context put around it, and you've you've spoken graciously about that today, and I'm not going to come on here and tell someone black and white, this is what you need to be doing in this particular area. You know, you know you're a church member, and you're, you're allowing somebody that used to be gay to now attend, or you're allowing somebody to do something that maybe you wouldn't do, but it's okay for them to do it. Not, not it's okay for them to do it, but it's okay to accept them in. Again, I, I don't want to be judging, even though I'm pretty much a black and white guy, you guys all know that. In some of these situations, I guess through the years, Neil, I've just learned, and Bob, that I, you can't do that and try to win people over to our side. That doesn't work. 
Sure. Yeah. And by the way, real quick, real quick, he, he said in his sermon this past Sunday out of Luke 15, which was titled Compassion Versus Condemnation, he addressed this whole thing and said um, that his intent in giving that advice was that people would wrestle with biblical principle, that they would understand and, and look at the issue of biblical principle. He didn't ever mean it as a piece of catch-all advice for every situation. So let's go. keep that in mind. Bob, I'm sorry. Let me get out of the way here and no, that's... thank God for our sponsors giving us this opportunity. I know. And I guess just one final thought on this. I, 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 I do look at Jesus, and obviously this needs to be our model, okay? Was Jesus willing to sit down in the house with prostitutes and have dinner? Yes, he was. Was he willing to sit at the woman with the woman at the well who'd been with five different men? Yes, he was. Uh, he was willing to make turn water into wine at the wedding of Cana, knowing full well that some of those people were probably going to get drunk on that wine. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and and obviously Jesus is not compromising beyond what's acceptable. But I do have to say, if the wedding at Cana was a homosexual wedding, I don't think Jesus would have attended. But that doesn't mean that he wouldn't have loved those people. And so th this, is part of, this is part of the challenge. And we, we just need to show, I agree with Neil completely, we need to show a little bit more grace to people like Alistair Begg or others that maybe they did make the wrong decision. Maybe they made the right decision. I'm looking at it wrong. I do I disagree with the decision that he made in this, but that doesn't mean I don't love him as a brother in Christ and have a lot to learn from him in many areas over the decades as we have. So, uh, And we also very much want to remind you too, that if you haven't given to preborn yet, we want you folks to do that, okay? Stop some of these abortions. We can actually do this by paying for the ultrasound images. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life in a, in a pro-life center. How many abortions will you stop? It take $28 times fill in the blank. Pray about that number, and it's a one-time gift that you give. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. So you can give right now online, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or just give them a call. They answer the phones 24-7, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. We appreciate you folks uh, doing that. And I, I just... To Roger, I just have to say, I got to go take a shower and wash my hair <laughs> oh, after geez. an hour of this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Unbelievable. Guys, thank you. Listen, uh, ChristianPost.com covered this issue fairly well. And I want to read one quote from Alistair. He said, if I was on the receiving end of another question about another situation from another person at another time, I may have answered absolutely differently. But in that case, I answered in that way. And I would not answer in any other way, no matter what anybody has to say on the Internet. So he's pretty resolute about the advice he gave. Guys, thanks so much for being a part of a difficult conversation. Remember, you can view this podcast at myhopenow.com. God bless each of you. Lord willing, Roger will be back next week. And God willing, we'll see you then. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit crawfordmediagroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app.
Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.